Hey, you guys, welcome to another episode of Mentally Chill. I am your host, Kristen Carney, and if you've never listened to the show before, welcome. You're in for quite a treat. And if you have listened to the show before, don't tell the new listeners they're not in for quite a treat. That secret is between you and me and your headphones. Thanks for joining the show. Today, I'm really excited about the guest that I have on. She is a very funny comedian named Jessica Michelle Singleton, and she talks all about what it was like growing up with a mother with borderline personality disorder. And as you would assume, it doesn't sound very fun, but ironically, it created quite a fun person because Jessica is really fun and really funny and very charismatic and very engaging. And so all of her pain and suffering was worth it because I am entertained, right? And you guys are. So totally worth it. But before I grace you with this week's episode, I am saying thank you to Jay, who is our newest Patreon subscriber, child, cult member, whatever you want to call him. And he is also now able to watch our movie night, which is most likely tonight, if you're listening to this on the 15th of June. Friday, the 15th of June, we will be streaming Edge of Seven- The Edge of 17 or Edge of 17. I don't think there's a the in the title. Uh... Edge of 17 at 6.30 p.m. Pacific Time, 9.30 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time. There is about a 5 to 2% chance of it not happening if I can't get the technology to work. But most likely, my intern day is going to have it all figured out. I've been trying this week, and I am just... I can't... My brain works as if I'm in seventeen, the year 1701. And there's no technology at all. And I'm just trying to figure out how to use these reins with horses because that's the level I'm at. So anyway, Day will hopefully have it all figured out and we will be good to go. If not, I will let you guys know, but I'll be posting updates uh, on Patreon tomorrow to confirm whether I've got the technology working or not. Anyway, that's it. That's all. If you guys want to watch the movie, uh, if you want to watch the movie with a 95% chance of watching it, please go to patreon.com slash mentally chill. And until then, enjoy the show. You know what? I'm, I don't even know if I am depressed or if I just am deeply sad. Well, is there? Because <laughs> I mean, sometimes I don't know. I, th- I'd like, I, uh, I thought I suffered from depression. And in 2012, I went to a doctor because I was like suicidal. And, uh, and I was like, give me meds. And we talked about my life and stuff. I've just been thinking about this recently with, you know, like everything in the news and yeah, whatever, yeah. but she's like, you're not depressed. You've had a terrible life. This is a normal emotional response. Yeah. But then what point does it become something that needs treatment? Yeah. Where it's like, and I don't even like saying that because obviously I, I, depression is clearly like a real thing and people need to take their meds and stuff. But I just was like, okay, like, is there a pill for that? Or? But it's very confusing. I yeah. know. Is there a pill for the, like, because what my question is, is like, were your chemicals in your brain changed to be technically depressed from the response? Yeah. Well, and also like they, if they've done a lot of research on trauma that having trauma changes your brain. So for sure. But I always get, I'm such a, I get so tinfoil hatty about medicine where I'm like, yeah, no, it's a chemical thing. But like, did you check the chemicals in their brain? Well, that's the you thing just is that to they put don't. them on drugs. Right. That's the thing is that it's like, I totally agree that it, like there are chemical changes and people need medicine to help that. But I'm like, well, are you looking at those chemicals? Well, or? a while ago I read something that said that they are actually finding out a way to test the actual chemicals for physical proof. Great. That, that the 
person is depressed. And then there was another thing saying that they were changing antidepressants for men and women because men and women both get the same medicine. And they respond differently. And our brains are different. And so they're not responding in the same, you know. That's interesting. So there should be, according to this research study from some random thing I read a while ago, there should be gender specific it's wow. funny because we're going away from like gender specific clothing, but going but we toward need gender specific medication, which is interesting because then it does bring up that whole, that's just a whole other debate of like, are we really different? Yeah. Are we really different? And then it's going like, I don't, I wonder how that's going to mix in with like gender identity stuff or exactly like, like how people got mad when they were, they said a trans woman couldn't fight women in the UFC or something. Right. I don't know. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah. That's a whole thing. Uh, yeah. Where I like to go, ignorance is blessed, which is your podcast. My podcast, yes. Um, but I like to stay semi-ignorant on that stuff. Because yeah, because I'm just like, I don't know. And like, whatever I say is going to be wrong. Wrong, for sure, because mm-hmm. it's not my experience. Yeah. Yeah, I've um struggled with emotions for as long as I can remember. My mom put me on antidepressants in... I think early high school or middle school. So your mom was an, was an alcoholic. Yes. My mom was an alcoholic at that point. She was already recovered, but just not drinking, but still had her own. My mom is like a textbook borderline personality disorder. So just tell me about that. Oh boy. It's uh, I mean, I love her and it's, it's easier once you get older and you're out of the house. So you're not like constantly around a person like that. And then and then having educated myself on mental illness, it's a little easier to be empathetic. Yeah. Although I think it's a lot. It's easy to be empathetic about mental illness when it's not directly affecting you. But when you're like, oh, I'm, yeah, it's like, yeah, she's mentally ill, but I'm like the, I'm the target of it. So um, it was just, um, when I was young, she drank all the time. And um, there's a thing with borderline where, uh, I don't, I don't know. A lot of women, it's, it's, more prevalent in women and there's a thing where a lot of people say they get it from their mother and there's this thing where a lot of borderline women really don't like other women and if you read up about it might be borderline no I mean there was (laughs) I I realized when I started learning about it when you know a few years ago and I was like let me try to get a handle on myself there were little flags of oh my god am I this and I have this deep fear of becoming totally crazy well I think I just say this totally speculatively but myself and someone else in Stevie's life both think that she was probably borderline and she was never diagnosed as that. Yes. But everything seems to line up with that. Yes. And it's, it's hard to diagnose. And then, and then when you read about a lot of therapists, it's, it's like the one that the one disorder that they're like, yeah, they're like, boy, boy. yeah. Cause uh, they like pull out their collar. It's hard to treat too. Mm. Cause it's kind of just like, Oh, the, like, it's not the same as, necessarily you know with well it's like shadow boxing like you don't really know exactly what you're, you're hitting or something and and the lines are so blurred to me I mean I'm not a medical professional yeah I'm not a professional in any sense of the word but especially <laughs> when it comes to this but it seems like the lines are so blurred between like bipolar disorder and and, and, and borderline, borderline and then depression and then you know like it they're so they blur the they, lines just constantly they blur. weave together and then you have to go okay well then is it possible that this person is borderline but also has some sort of additional chronic depressive disorder or um, things are very, a thing I read about uh, when I was reading about borderline, I read, I think I hate you don't leave me, which is a perfect name for a borderline book. That's a great name for a book. Yes. And it's um, things are very black and white in the borderline mind. So, I mean, and, and so 
a lot of people with borderline have trouble conceiving of anyone feeling neutral about them. So it's like either they hate them or they love them and vice versa. Like they either really love someone or they can't stand them. And so, uh, with my mother, it manifested in her having like an adoration for my older brother who was like a year and a half older than me. And, um, a little bit of a troublemaker learning disabled. Um, in retrospect, I think he actually is just like, uh, I don't know how to say this PC wise. Like I think he's mentally slow. And this just occurred to me as an adult when I was hanging out with him recently. I think he's always been like, like she, she phrased it like, Oh, he's uh dyslexic, but he's very smart. But he's, di-, and I was like, Oh, I think that was her like narcissistic coping to be like, he's just different. Right. And like, but not wanting to admit that I have a son that maybe has some challenges. Um, and she just didn't like me. Wow. She just was like in my mind and we get along now. So I want to just be clear about that. Like we're fine. Which is interesting because you aren't mentally challenged and you would think if the narcissistic side of her yeah. would go, well, this is my better child. She doesn't have any problems. I'm going to latch on yes. to her. So it's kind of surprising. Well, yeah. And you know what I think it is? The more I, I've learned about it is just this, uh, a lot of borderline women feel this. It, 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 it goes either way. A lot of times is what I read is mothers will either like obsess over their daughters and it's like they're living through them or it's like they a jealous competition. It's like a jealous competition. That's so I watched the worst TV in the world and I watched Say Yes to the Dress on oh, TV. Gosh. The other Have you ever seen that? I, I've seen snippets, but I'm a bad that keep TV it at person. snippets. Yeah. That's all you want. But I I, I keep it at uh, like ten hour long marathons. <laughs> marathons. I'm sure you see mothers like that. And there are mothers like that where they're jealous that their daughter's getting married and they're also trying on dresses. In in the you know it's so disturbing to me. Yes, and I can't believe I'm just so grateful that my mom was like, "It's your time to shine." I had my time. Yeah, here. I'm happy for you. Yeah. yeah, and it's like as much as there are certain ways that like having a mom who was in in my mind and like genuinely was as a child evil to me, I almost don't know if I I think I might even take that over like the crazy obsessive my little star my little angel like I don't know how I would have dealt with that (laughs) kind of pressure but um yeah she was just very uh flippant dismissive neglectful yeah um was she drinking to cope with her by her I think I think so I would I do I have this like dream to like see if I can get her to sit down and talk about it but another thing with um a lot of borderline people or with it there's there's a lot of like pathological lying involved. Yeah, yeah. So, and I don't know if that's that I could be miss. I don't know. Assigning that maybe that's not a borderline thing. That's just a uh, her thing. Um, but yeah, no, as I've gotten older and sort of my own mental health issues have started to manifest. Um, Cause I think a lot of it is as a kid, you just sort of buckle down and this is life and you go through it and then you get older and it all starts, you know, we're, we don't realize we're putting band-aids on like volcano cracks and you get older and you're like, oh, I was tor- I was tortured. I was terribly traumatized. Yeah, you're in Hawaii right now. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I'm exploding. Yeah. Um, so doing that has made me realize because before I, I think I was just in a place where I was fortunate enough to stay busy or whatever. I was like workaholicking my way into not being aware of how much trauma and how much stuff I had once that started coming out because I was always like how do you what do you why do you drink like why do you I didn't understand alcoholism or drugs I'm like oh yeah like I get it have a drink but like what why you just all the time I'm like I used to be like that as well before I had problems yeah I was like just stop drinking just 
just don't control yourself and then do it when you want to do it. But yeah. then all of a sudden I got really sad and I was like, oh, I get it. Yeah, that was I think it was probably 2012, it's, which is just was probably my lowest year as far as like mental health care. And that's sort of when it all started to come unraveled. And I was like, oh, my God, what's what's wrong with me? And then having to get over the hump also of just admitting you might have a mental health issue because everyone wants to so believe. What do you, what's your mental health issue? I mean, I don't I don't have an official diagnosis. It's just um, I really think I have trauma from my childhood to work through and I'm uh, hypersensitive and I go through depressive periods, but I've never. So was, was that doctor essentially kind of saying <clears throat> if you didn't have this trauma as a kid, you would be totally fine right now? I mean, that's sort of how she phrased it. So, and I, probably because I wasn't in a good place, quit going to her, but she had started, what we did was, I, I think she was sort of, she never officially said it was cognitive behavioral therapy, but I've read about it. And I think, so she was giving me like assignments for working on myself, kind of like just, I hate that. Cause it's like, I did not come here for work. No, it's like, I, I just here to feel better. Now I have fucking work just to make do. Me feel better. Like she made, she wanted me to schedule in time to relax into my calendar. Cause I, I think that's how my coping has manifested mostly has staying been busy. staying busy. Cause it's, you stay so busy. You don't have time to think about that. You're sad. So it's like, there's no time to cry. I have things to do. And I still, I mean, I wake up, I start working and I just keep going till the end of the day. I have such the opposite problem than you do. Like right now I would normally be asleep. Yeah. And I woke up this morning. I set my alarm clock cause we're taping at 11, which is not early yeah, but in it, normal standards. But for me, I'm, my brain barely starts working until about 5 PM. Yeah. So I feel like I, I can't stay busy enough to ignore my problems because I can't find the energy to energy do that. to get doing it. Yeah, yeah. that is. I I will. So say, I'm jealous of your problem. Yeah, oh, like I would. I want your problem over my problem. But I'm sure if I had your problem for a while, then I would want my problem again. Yeah, it's just we're all. I I think half of life is just cycling into new manifestations of how to handle your problems. Yeah, and it's like I always don't think it's like the grass is greener analogy. It's like the dirt is browner yeah. kind of thing. There's like, like there's no, need, no grass to me anywhere, yeah, but the how's the dead. soil? Yeah. Is it fertile? Right. Is, there, <laughs> is anyone coming over to see the soil? Does the soil get invited to parties? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Like not at all. And I wouldn't go if I was, exactly. but please invite me. Um, <laughs> so I just go through, I don't know. I was, uh, I was abandoned by my dad when I was younger. And when I was uh, eight, he left me in a restaurant. And like I saw that stand up bit. Um, and then like he came back, not to the restaurant, but like to our family and then like left again. <laughs> he the night. came back to the restaurant. I was just like, oh, I forgot I my forgot. to go food. Yeah. And then he <laughs> left me again. <laughs> he's like, eh. Um, that's awful, by the way. And I, yeah, well, I mean, my God, it's fi- it's fine to laugh about it, too. I, you know, well, when I saw your stand up, I, you know, I saw I saw you do that bit in stand up and. Part of me was going, I really hope she's making this up for the joke. Yeah. But but I knew you Well, were. and the amount of people that come up and they're like, is that real? And it's like, yeah. And it's like, I don't need a stranger to, yeah. Whoa. You know, <laughs> and I'm like, it's just, this is how I coped it. with joke. it, I guess. So, but um, he was until that point, because I mean, not having both parental figures, I think is detrimental to anyone. I think a child can really benefit if you can have two, yeah. you know, figures in your life. That's a blessing. But um. Up until that point, my dad was like my best friend. I was very weird. I was nerdy. My mom was really mean to me. So my dad was a safe space. Yeah. And so him leaving was like, <gasps> of course. Oh, oh my, my God. dear God. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, that, I mean, not not even I think, that has been, uh, you, you know, you don't realize when you're little, you're like, he just left. It's life. You, you try to move on or whatever. But 
I have severe trust issues. Oh and my like God. The, the self-worth issues I have are so deep. And so I think all of that was like having like worthlessness and inability to trust and, and just severe abandonment issues were kind of just compiling into my like emotions. Did it take, was there like a latency period where you didn't really realize what was going on? And then all of a sudden when you were 15, you were like, holy shit. Or was it from yeah. the minute moment? He no, left? no. Yeah. No, I was like, what he, something I never, I would say I was just, just a kid when it first happened, but I like deeply in denial. I spent so much of my, like the few years after that being like, well, I'm just going to go live with my dad. My dad will come back and then I'll live with him. It wasn't genuinely, this is crazy to me because I went to college in Florida and my dad lived in Florida. So we like kind of like connected. I'd go over there for dinner every once in a while, like every couple weeks with his family. And then he, um, and this was after you were eight. Like, yeah. This was this like, eight, when, this was when I was in college. Oh, oh, right, right. And, um, cause I, cause my mom, we lived in Southern Mississippi. My mom, after my dad left, moved us to Alaska. She put us in her car, Holy. drove us for 13 days across the country. That sounds like it would be a metaphor. Yeah. But it was real. But it's real. And Holy. she's like, it's an adventure. And I was like, this is a nightmare. Yeah. I hate you. Holy. <laughs> um, and so, you know, every once in a while, phone calls from my dad and stuff. I visited one time in high school. So he wasn't like gone, gone, but he, it was very sporadic. He wasn't around. And then um, in college, I was like, oh, dad. Yeah, I'm close to my dad now. And then he left again. He oh, like just God. moved away and moved to Texas. And I never heard from him. And I haven't spoken to him since 2008. Oh, my 2009. God. Yeah. Was With, he, is he your brother's father? Here's the, another like crazy twist. I, every time I tell this story, it's like, it sounds like I'm making this up. When I, he was my, like my older brother. That's like, that's our dad. Yeah. When I was in college, I was visiting his house and I was hanging out with his new wife. They'd been together for a while, but my older stepbrother. And it somehow came up just, we're up late having some beers. Everyone else is in bed. Uh, I found out that I was created through artificial insemination. Like he had overheard my dad saying that to his mom. And then he told me, he's like, you can't tell anyone. Cause I told him I'd never tell anyone. Whoa. So that guy who abandoned me in a waffle house can't even have kids. And they spent a bunch of money like oh artificially my inseminating my mom who, a pr very likely chain smoked and drank through all of her pregnancies. Um, she won't admit to drinking, but she's, I've got her to cop to the smoking. Yeah. Um, but she had so many miscarriages. I shouldn't laugh about it, but it's just like, what are you doing? Wow. Um, so they spent all this money. So I'm from a sperm bank. Wow. Yeah. So wait, so your dad isn't your actual dad? That no. Means? So I, like part of me is like, you need, are you, obviously you have to like write about this i want to write a book in in some, in some fashion or like a something. movie or something i know i keep meaning to you know i'm a chronic starter the amount of projects i'm like i'm gonna same, do this same. and then yeah. this and this that yeah like the fact that i even still do my podcast like as much as i do it's same. like i'm like oh i'm still doing something well this, this is great it's because i'm held accountable to this so i have yeah. to keep doing it because there's yeah. people wanting it and listening so it's yeah. like that's but if, but if there was nobody obviously i would just be like yeah yeah that's what keeps me going too is that i'm like oh because there are people who are listening and like actively responding about the show i'm like okay well i'm gonna keep doing it because someone's enjoying it let yeah. me keep it's good because it keeps me accountable but yeah if there was no feedback i'd be yeah if i don't have immediate feedback i'm like on to the next same. thing same but um yeah so that's so just that's not even your real dad no so do you know who you're who you're no dad? dear god i did you know what i did 23 and me and i thought yeah. like oh maybe they'll just be like here's who your dad is. I don't, right. I don't know how I it mean, worked. Well, yeah, I thought there'd be some sort of ancestry maybe attached with what the there, results There's are. at least ancestry attached. So like I grew up 
with my mom being like, we're German and Irish. And that was just like my identity. I was born in Germany because of the military. Not, I mean, but like, she's like, we're very German family. We're German or Irish. And it's not like we didn't, you know, walk around waving flags or anything, but that was just my I'm German, Irish and Italian. Yeah. And a little English, but yeah. I I mean, who cares about that? It's like, I'm a little (laughs) bit Dutch. I found out and was like, Oh no. Um, (laughs) Which is such a like white lady thing to be. (laughs) I remember being so proud. I was from Germany. And then I learned about world war two and being like, "Ah, Oh, oh, oh." Oh, but I found out I'm mostly Ashkenazi Jewish. Oh, which I guess. So then you can be proud of being German because you're because I'm a German Jew and I'm like character. Yeah, yeah. it's like I was. You weren't the bad one, or I'm just like, well, that explains my self hatred. (laughs) Um, But not the blonde hair and blue eyes. No, so that's not the father that you knew. So technically, whatever he is, you're not. You are. This is your. This is my sperm stuff. My sperm breakdown, and so they had gone to a sperm bank in. There used to be a cryo center, I guess, in Beverly Hills back in the like late '80s, '90s. So. Um, my father's just some Jewish man who jerked off in a cup for money. So, which is there any way to trace that? The thing is, I I think there's probably. I found a donor registry where you can possibly get linked up with siblings, but they but they made it so it's so anonymous, and also there could be literally five hundred siblings. Well, yeah, and that's that to me is the biggest deal because it's like. First of all, finding out I was Jewish, all my Jewish friends, like so Great many comedians. For no, all, but all my Jewish friends were like, I knew it. There's no way you're that. They like claimed me. They're like, there's no way you're that funny and smart and you're not Jewish. And I was like, okay. Um, but then it, I, in, I live in cities. I mean, I'm in LA, I'm in New York a lot where I'm surrounded by a lot of Jewish people. I've dated Jewish people. And now I go like, I could date my brother right. and never know, never like a know. half sibling, unless you have a kid and it's just very unattractive. Yeah, it just has like slow. an arm growing out of its head. <laughs> well, that's like my like my biggest fear is that not my biggest fear. That's what I like lame fear. <laughs> right now, I'm like celibate and not even like literally not interested in dating, which is weird because I'm like, well, what's my identity now if I'm not obsessing over right love? That's scary. Yeah, but I'm just. I'm like, oh, what if I fell in love with someone and then I was like, you should do 23 and Me, and it's like, oh, we're 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 brother and sister. Great, mm-hmm. good. Well, you f- have to find someone far, far away far, from far LA away. where the sperm bank was not. Yes, which is fine. Yeah. I mean, if I ever decide to find someone, but ignorance, you got to go with that. I hate to. Be well, yeah, and it's like I don't want kids. It's like it's like probably grows the same. It's like, well, I want kids anyway, so I don't have to right, find so out. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, right. If you love them, whatever. And then I'm like, what if I fell in love with my father? Um, <laughs> Uh, that would be the ultimate irony yeah dad not around and all of a sudden it's you like da- and like happen to meet my like biological father that's a script you need to write that you're right nobody take this it's my story I'll i know i hate you. when i have these things on air and then i am I copywriting it <laughs> yeah uh, but anyways i just it did take me a long time to really accept oh like my dad it was on a podcast actually i was talking about um my mom going through like a suicidal episode when i was in high school um there's a podcast it's called um until, until I lose interest. It's not, I don't think it's even around anymore, but he asked me something about my dad. Like, he, I mean, he basically said, he's like, I mean, like it was so blunt, but he's like, I mean, you know, like your dad didn't want you. And I was like, <laughs> cause it was still he like, Oh, he'll come back. He's, yeah. I was like, you know, he's just busy. Yeah, it's a yeah, split. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh yeah. Like he doesn't care. Was this 2012 ish? When um, you started to have a hard time? When he asked that question. I had actually like, he asked that question after I started to have like to realize a hard time. But it was like, yeah, I think 2010s, early 2010s is when it, I started to like 
crumble. Yeah. And it was just sort of this overwhelming, it was like being hit by a waterfall of sadness. And I couldn't really, at that point, it's, you know, like when you're really in the thick of a, like a depression, you can't pinpoint like, okay, here, what's really, let's get to the root of this. Right. On your own, you're just like, I'm drowning. Somebody and, please end the drowning. Yeah. And you wave the white flag. You're just like this, I can't. And you're just like, oh, help. And that's, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And that was such a weird thing because it, it didn't occur to me that, I mean, at that point I, I'd been, I was out of college. I was in LA. I hadn't gone home for Christmas since I went to college. Where are you from? Alaska. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. That's so right. Duh. And like, um, I never really thought about the fact that I didn't like deeply connect with my family. And, uh, I have like my mom's sisters and brothers, like relatives. I'll go and like every once in a while do a family thing and I get along with them. They're all, it's very funny. I mean, like they have their own dysfunction, whatever, but I, it wasn't till I was like emotionally just in the worst place. And I had just gotten out of a, an abusive relationship. Um, and so, and so like all the, cause it was in a, I dated a person in my circle of friends who I just hated. And it was this weird self-hatred spiral of like, I'll date you cause you can't hurt me. Like who cares? I think I was already on the way to being, mm-hmm. I didn't realize how depressed I was. But then once we broke up, it was like, Oh, all those friends are like with you. Or they're like, no one claimed sides, but it was like this weird, I just went and like sort of uh, secluded myself. Yeah. So then it was he like one quote unquote. Yeah. And it was like this, all the, this wave of emotions and then realizing like, I don't have anyone to talk to. So I think that made it harder. Cause it's, it's, I mean, I'm in general have a very hard time asking for help, which I think isn't ex- extremely unique. Um, but I, I like it's tied into like my mom being extremely abusive, especially like emotionally and verbally. And from like a young age, she's like, you're so helpless. Why can't you do anything by yourself? You know, it's like, I'm, I wow. remember being like eight years old and being like, what's for dinner? And she's like, you're eight years old. Make your own dinner. Why are you so helpless? Like, uh-huh. and at the time, and I was just like, oh, she's right. I'm, I, I should make my own dinner. And now having friends that have kids and seeing these like little children, <laughs> like what? Yeah. So it like it becomes your norm because yeah. it's all you know, but then you realize how insane it is. Yeah. And well, that's what it's made me in a weird way. I'm probably only as independent as I am because of that. So it's this weird, I like how self-sufficient I am. But I mean, is it worth all the trauma? You know? Yeah. Because it it's it? like once I hit that low, I was like, I don't think I could reach out to someone if I had someone I thought I could reach out to. So I was just like, I don't know. I, I don't know. We, we, again, we have like the opposite problem. And mine is, I can't even name mine a problem, quote unquote. Same. But, but like my mom, to this day, I'm 35. If I say, mom, will you make me a bowl of cereal? She will make me a bowl of cereal. And <sighs> so I became incredibly not self-sufficient. So when I was kind oh, of wow. thrown, I was like overloved, overcared for. And then you're like thrown out into society and you're like, ha, ah, like a baby deer who can't get its legs. Yeah. And I just almost didn't even have any legs. And so it's, I mean, I'm 35 and I'm still struggling with it, trying to take care of myself. Yeah. I didn't know how to do anything for myself. And I, and I now, so I have a niece that my mom's only grandchild, but my mom just loves to coddle. And my sister's trying to like not have her coddle as much because because she created this. It's, I mean, parenting is so hard because it's, because I think about that too is, I mean, I don't want kids for a variety of reasons. Uh, 
But I do think I would accidentally screw up my kid overcompensating and being like, I'll always love you. I'm never going to let you feel like you're not worthy of. Yeah. And well, then I'd have like a bubble kid who's like, my mom said I'm a princess. <laughs> we're like, oh, you're a monster. <laughs> and just like 40 and be like, just live with mommy. <laughs> it's amazing. Have you ever seen, well, have you seen Pee Wee Herman, like the original? I have. I don't remember it because okay. it was so long ago. But. I just rewatched it for the first time. Um, as like an adult and it's so good but <sighs> there's a kid in it who's the spoiled rich adult man and so that's who I feel like I am not that I was that rich character but yeah it's just pathetic it's just like <sighs> daddy daddy and he's like 40 well then that's a weird place to be too because I have a couple of friends like that and then there's this weird I mean like I can only imagine based on what they've said but I'm like having this like I don't want to call it resentment but for like someone who like they've just loved you so much and you're like thanks but now I don't know how to function and yeah. now what do I I've, to I've told my mom that a million times yeah and you're like, like thanks for being so loving you bitch yeah, look, you, what, you look did. what you've done I've got this every other mom theory so um, Ooh, I'm okay. already in <laughs> so my mom's mom was kind of cold to my mom ah. and so then it made my mom the super loving like very attentive mother oh wow and then because she is so loving to me it made me cold. I'm not I'm not like cold, but I'm also I'm not like a kid. Like I don't love kids. I'm not like, oh, let me take care of you type of person. Yeah. And so I think if I do have kids, I'll be maybe not extreme as your mom, but yeah. I I'll be not as good. And then the, then my child will be, will a, be good a good mom. Yeah, it's hard. Well, I I feel like my mom could probably disprove that theory, but because um, <laughs> she did, I didn't. Did she have a rough mom too. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't know that growing up. I mean, my grandma. Uh, my grandma was always kind of like a little cold, but not not like aggressively. She just wasn't that picture of a grandma. You hugging and making cookies and yeah. But then as my grandma got older and as I was able to kind of communicate with my mom more on a like we're both adults talking about our lives thing, I was like, "Oh, yeah, she didn't My grandma had eight kids. And they didn't have money. They're just like an Irish Catholic holding on same with my for grandma. dear life. And she just uh you know, she did her best with what she had and how she, I can't imagine how she was raised. But yeah, like when my mom tells stories about her, I'm like, oh, okay, this is, this makes sense. And then once my dad left, my mom was in and out of, there's just always the sticks in my brain that, um, which should have been a red flag of how my grandma was all the time. But I was just like, I don't, I guess you're right. My dad left. And so for the couple of years after he left when we were still in Mississippi, my mom was like in and out of psych wards. At the time, I just was, I didn't know that she was going to psych wards. I was just like, my mom's sick. I just thought she was in the hospital, you yeah. know? So we would stay with her friends from work, neighbors. And then at one point, my grandma came and stayed with us. And I mean, this is such a childish thing to complain about, but I think you have the right to complain. Well, you, I mean, like you've earned it. I'm not complaining about this whole situation, but the well, you'll see. I'm, I'm little. I'm like nine, maybe ten. My mom is, you know, in her facility. <laughs> and my grandma made my mom. The only thing my mom ever cooked was chicken casserole, which was my favorite thing because it was either like chicken casserole or just like figure it out, eat tuna. Here's right. macaroni and cheese from a box sometimes. You're going to love your one dinner. Yeah. So I was like, oh, it's chicken. Oh, my God. She's making chicken casserole. That's like such a comfort food, which is just 
Campbell's in a can and mixed with like <laughs> probably chicken that was already cooked. Who cares? I'm way trash. We just like add mayonnaise to shit. And we're like, it's a salad. Um, but my grandma made it. And instead of using, I guess, cream of chicken, she used cream of celery or something. So there's green things in it. And I'd never seen oh, that. You so I, handle it. Well, I just go, I was like, oh, what is this green stuff? I When my mom makes it, there's not, we don't have green things in there. And I also grew up in a house <laughs> where nobody forced me to eat vegetables. Right, obviously. Because my mom's like, I hate vegetables. Um, I just, I asked that and my grandma snapped and was like, oh, no wonder your mother went crazy. <gasps> so then I'm like, oh, it's my fault. Oh, dear God. But, but like now as an adult win. in retrospect, I'm like, oh, this is, this is generational. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't it's know. It's just so awful that you can't see that at the time. No, you just go, like as a nine. kid, you just, and you, you look at adults as this is the source of information. Every person in charge knows everything when you're a kid and you're like, oh, I guess I did this. But also I was like crazy. I don't know my, like, I just. I can't believe that we've made it this far as a human race because, oh, we're responsible for raising the next generation and we're all so messed up. How so did we messed up. Like, I don't even know my, the amount that my mother and my sister pay attention to my niece and it's scary to even think something's going to happen to her. Like what about the parents that are like doing meth? How do their kids survive? Survive? It barely seems like my niece is surviving and she has like 24 hour amazing care, constant love and affection. Yeah. And it seems like she's not going to even survive. So I don't know. No. And it's just like, then these people who have no like emotional coping skills or they don't understand like how to care for someone or you know the you know you're going out into the world and being like I don't know I, I remember being in I was in college and I had no idea what how credit cards worked yeah. I just knew that it would give me money but it's like, money on a card I had never been explained like not that my parents because we were never like we never had like a lot of money or anything but when I went to college my mom opened a credit card for me and it had like a $500 limit at the time, but yeah. I didn't understand what that meant. And so I would just go to the ATM and like take out 50 bucks, 50 bucks, 50 bucks. Yeah. And then my limits started going up because they were seeing that I was like spending. spending, but I didn't, my, there was no like, um, what's the word? Uh, like not responsibility, but there's no, it wasn't like intent. There was no intention. Like it was like, I'm going to build my credit or I'm going to, yeah, there, I knew nothing about that. I didn't know what credit meant. I didn't know anything. No, I, didn't, I had no idea. I just figured it was coming out of a bank account or something for me. And it was like free like, money. It's money I get. Right. I earned it. It's, and then I had $11,000 in debt when I left college and like had no idea. Yes. How I, and then all of a sudden it was like the world started like, sp like I start or not the world started spinning. I started spinning. I'm yeah. Like, oh my God. And then, um, I didn't know, uh, cause I took out student loans. Yes. Again, I nobody explained. I just signed a thing. Yeah. My mom's like, just sign this. And then that, and then your college, then your yeah. classes are paid for. And then right. when that comes crashing down. Yeah. So I had like a hundred thousand dollars in, in student loan debt. Whew. I had. $11,000 in credit card debt and I didn't understand the way it worked. I didn't understand that for the rest of my life I would be paying this and like I demand, not demanded, but like part of my student loan debt um, my senior year of college, I was like, I'm studying abroad. College sucked. I haven't had fun. Yeah. This has not been like a mind opening experience. Here's my one opportunity. Let's and go. so I, whatever loan I need to go study abroad, that's what I'm taking out. Yes. And it was like the highest interest loan in the entire world. And I didn't care because I'm like, who cares? It's money for me to do what I need to do. Yeah. And you don't think about it. Right. So it was just like, like things like that. I just was not prepared for at all. And then no. it put me in a bad position to, to like starting adulthood. Like I was starting super. Like, yeah. Way behind way. when nobody explained. And I think that happens a lot. Like nobody explained finances to me. Like, why don't they, they should, I think that should be a bigger part of high school or something like yeah. prep someone. Cause it's like, I remember my sister 
she was six years older than me and she had, uh, or she is six years older than me. Uh, that sounded morose or something. Yeah. Um, but she had a class and I remember she was like learning how to do check balance, checkbook balancing. Yeah. And then once I got to high school, I never took the class and I, I'm, I'm still waiting for the class. Like, like I was in I high school going, when am I going to take, the, when am I going to learn this? When do I learn about money? Yeah. I remember being a kid and thinking like checks were just like, you just made up money on paper. Yeah. I'm just, I would ask my mom for things. I'm like, can we do this? And we, we had no money. We were dirt poor. We lived in the projects after my dad left. And she's like, I don't have money. And I'm like, just write a check. <laughs> right. I, she's like, that's not how it works. Right. Well, like now I look back and it's either that I just was ill-informed or just dumb. Like, how I think did it's I ill-informed because it's like, but like, I, I feel like I have to have some like credit card credit. What does the yeah. word credit mean? You know, yeah. in my brain, I'm not computing all of those. That's things. true. Like what does, credit actually well, stand but if for. nobody just, I, I mean if nobody explains it though some of the things seem so obvious now that you know them but it's a combination i think for me of being dumb and ill-informed yeah or it's just like not or, or just like maybe almost like chosen ignorance like well i'm just gonna i'm gonna not ask what that's Definitely. about and just take the money yeah <laughs> there's money i'll take it sure we'll handle that later exactly yeah so what's your relationship like now with your mom um it's pretty good um relatively she also my mom lives now in south korea she works for the government what the hell yeah she's always been a civilian employee for the government and now she's over in south korea a lot of my friends are like i think your mom's a spy and i'm like we are so fucked if that's my mom's like <laughs> blind in one eye practically she's mr magoo and she never shuts the fuck up so like if she's harboring secret information we are in a lot of trouble um but like she started taking these contract positions um she went to afghanistan uh for a year and then wow. she went to iraq for a year she was like living in like just like uh little trailer and she worked 12 hour days doing what i mean besides the i think stuff. like like i genuinely think she um it was just some sort of administrative she's an administrative person for whatever Is current branch she was working in so she's you know doing their paperwork and their um probably you know payroll or whatever because that's an important job and they it pays more to, i think it's because it pays more to go there um, but my mom also just has this idea that she's a world traveler. She's like, I'm going to see the world. I'm like, you're going to a trailer in Afghanistan. Like, you're not. I mean, it's an experience for sure. But which is, it's, some of it's so weird because she also is like in her brain when you like, if you weed past the sort of like chaos. I'm like, she's very, very smart. But um, she's been in South Korea for like two or three years. Uh, no, I guess more than that, maybe four or five. And I visited once. We communicate via an app. So we can call each other. How often? I mean, every couple weeks usually. I tr I'm trying to get better at just checking in like once a week at least because I know she's getting older. How old is she? She's, I mean, she's only 60, which is, oh. but it's, she's a hard 60. Okay. Like she's, she's got to be after all that. You said smoking, drinking. Smoking. She's got COPD and, and she keeps smoking oh. and just like. What is COPD? Uh, it's I chronic. It on TV. Yeah, I know. I see it and I'm like. <laughs> Because my mom's just like, yeah, like, I have COPD. She brushes past it. It's like pre-emphysema. It's like oh. chronic bronchitis. It's like Korea has bad air sometimes. So sometimes she just has to like go to the hospital, get on a breathing machine. Wow. And like, But she just is like, yeah, whatever. So she's a hard 60 in terms of like how she's aging and stuff. But aging. Is she softening to you at yeah, all? Yeah. Yeah. It's like we had this long conversation one day. I was just on the phone. She, she, I, maybe I called her or she called me and I was just like, let me check in. And she didn't officially like apologize for like not always being a great mom, but she she started talking about like when she wanted to have kids when she was my age, and she's like, "You're just out there touring." She's like, "I," I she said, and it to anyone else it would probably seem 
dismissive or sad, but she's like, I don't know why I wanted kids so bad. She's like, I mean, you turned out great, but I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Well, I, no, I, could, I can't take care of myself. I was trying to raise children just to be like, look what I've created, mm-hmm. um, which was really cathartic. And I just think as a, like her personality, if you really like, you can't go, this person shouldn't have kids, but she had a personality should, that shouldn't have had yeah. kids. Yeah. And like, she's, she's acknowledged that now. Well, uh, I just was texting a friend because um, I'm in a relationship and just kind of talking about like moving forward. And, and I was texting with a friend about it and, and he was like, well, you want kids? And I said, yeah. Um, I go, I mean, I'm going to be a terrible mom, yeah, but, but I, I want, want them. them. <laughs> and I've hit that point. I was never, ever, ever like this until. Yeah. It's like that, ba- that like biological clock of like babies. I don't, it's either that or boredom. Yeah. You're like, I just want something to put energy into. Yeah. I'm sick like of Something to bring me myself. to life. Yeah. Yeah, I want I want an accessory to decorate. God, I'm sick. You know, I've already decorated my apartment. I need to move on. I need another you know? thing to show off on my Instagram. Yeah, yeah, and that's probably a lot of people having kids. Yeah. It's just like, well, and also, I mean, I say that jokingly. Like, there's part of me that's like semi serious about it, where I can barely wake up in the morning. How am I going to be a mom? But yeah. when my sister had her daughter, um, it took me like so. Her my niece is four now, and it took me like two two and a half years ago. Oh, like yeah, okay. I get it. I like this. Like my sister is so in love with her, and they have such an amazing. You really want I to know what that. did it? What did it was watching. This sounds perverse, almost, but <laughs> watching my sister give my niece bath time or bath time. Just that like connection. Oh, it's just like it's so cozy so and loving. The towel after, and my sister's drying her hair, and I just like, oh my god, that looks so cozy. And I've lived such an isolated, lonely life like, for look so at all long. that love. Yeah, and like. Um, they're in a rocking chair, yeah. reading a book after, and she's drying in her towel with a pass. It just Aww. like, oh my god! And it's like, I guess I don't want kids. I want to be the kid. Yeah, you're I like, think I that's want... what it is. Yeah, I think my mom was just like, this thing will have to love me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it is. It's like buying a pet. Like it's like psychologically, we're like, oh, I love my pet and he loves me, but really, like he my wants pet food. needs food. Yeah, and it's the same with like girlfriends and boyfriends. It's she's like we hungry. have this like slave animal that has to love us. Yeah, yeah. I know it's sad when I think about it. I know. And I almost get like mad at my dog when I'm like, you would love someone else who gave you this food. You don't even care about me. <laughs> That's like, so funny. And the dog's just like, well, well, <laughs> what if they know? And they're like, know. Oh, she's on to me. <laughs> God. She saw yeah. me looking at the neighbor. Oh my God. Yeah. I think my mom, our relationship is much better now because I don't think she really had the facilities to like fully care for children you also seem very cool and understanding and you don't seem angry or resentful if i were you i'd probably be pretty angry i um not that i'm trying to make you angry. no no no. i go i still go through moments where i'm like like i'll acknowledge like an emotional part of myself and i'm like man fuck you for like because i especially since that like therapist put that in my brain years ago of like well would i even be like this because i remember calling my mom in that time and being like which is not i didn't normally call my mom to like talk out problems and i was like i'm well i act like an alcoholic I don't even drink alcohol anymore. And she's like, oh yeah, of course you're a child of an alcoholic. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I just have to, I have to deal with your alcoholism. She's like my mom. And I think it goes along with her borderline. It was just very flippant. She always said things that you're like, I can't believe you just said that like that. But she's like, yeah, that's how it works. And then I mentioned something about borderline personality disorder to her. I was like, well, I was talking to my therapist and like about the idea of borderline. She's like, and I was like, I don't know. It just seems like, Sometimes I worry I exhibit qualities. And she's like, that wouldn't surprise me. I'm textbook borderline. Several therapists have told me that. I was like, several therapists. Wow. It's like, but like, you're not working. You're just. Right. It's It's just just a reality. And that's that's what happens sometimes I think with borderline. And what's because it's, they split so much too that, you know, like you never know who you're going to get. It's like, I would walk in my house and uh, my mom was definitely 
more negative to me than positive. But there were times where she's like, you know, just, I'm so proud of you. And it's like, you haven't talked to me in like yeah. three weeks. You've just been upstairs ignoring me chain yeah. smoking. It's like drunk texting you in real life or something. Yes. And it's so bizarre. But I think now her not having to feel like responsible for me is a huge load off of her. So she can love you more now that she doesn't have to love you yes, more. Yes, and I think she's also able to be in a slightly better place with her mental health because she doesn't have the stress of, I'm raising this child, I need to upkeep the image of being a good mother. And like, I, I think something about that and just her getting to maybe like, now that she's lives f pretty far away, she's got her husband there and she seems to have like a pretty cozy job and she lives in this really nice building that has like a spa in the building. So Korean one where they get naked. Yes. Wow. And she just always tries to talk to these Korean ladies. I went and visited with her and I was like, Oh, these women hate you. She's just like, yap, 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 yap. And Cause my mom, and they're like Americans crazy. I was like this crazy American woman. Oh, and my mom just also looks crazy. She's got a googly eye and stuff. So I'm oh. like, well, you're representing all of us. So that's good. But, um, she's doing the Lord's work. Yeah, we have, I mean, we have moments where, like, we disagree or, like, she'll, especially, like, social media, she'll post, like, really dramatic. I don't know if you ever have the friends that, like, do cries for help on social media. Yes. And you're, like, it's hard. It's hard. That it's well, like, so I, hard. Yeah. I, I tweeted recently, it's Facebook, not your diary. Yeah. Because I see so many of this, like, just public outpouring of stuff that you should be talking to your therapist about and it's very disturbing to me it's like good i'm glad you're reaching out but it's a very strange well social media has made it weird because it's like people are more comfortable putting their stuff like that out into like the universe than it's like reach out to a therapist reach out to a, a friend. Close friend but then also being that friend is hard like when when anytime there's like a you know, a celebrity, like a big, like suicide death, you see a lot of the, you know, reach out, I'm here for you. You know, I love you all. And it's like, yeah, that's great. And in theory, like, we all want to be, I want to be someone who can, someone people can constantly come to. But I'm also the person who has constantly gone to someone every once in a while. And I'm like, I know that I'm draining you. Yeah. And it's not easy because it's hard enough to like stay afloat with our own shit. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, reach out to someone. But my mom every once in a while does like, public cries for help yeah but not but they're very almost passive aggressive yeah a couple years ago Is she, she like subtweeting in a way like yes yeah like a couple years ago on mother's day she shared posts from the suicide hotlines facebook page just about feeling alone and i was like really like on mother's day on mother's oh day oh and God. it's like yeah. and every once in a while she she'll just you know some dramatic post but it's like you know all i want is for my kids to come visit me and it's like you moved to korea and you I, wouldn't cook us food yeah it's like oh now like you weren't there for me but i'm just supposed to yeah wow this is very much a um like to me like a movie of i'm not saying it's not real it's just like such a what it's, you're describing it, i see in a movie yeah it's about like a cartoonish mom. manipulation yeah. and did you ever see Running with Scissors or read the book? I haven't. You know, it's I can't even remember what her actual mental disorder was or mental illness, but um, it was a mom played by Annette Benning, and I actually talked about oh, this wow. on the last episode um, randomly um, very quickly, but she's so good. But she played a mom who was super dismissive of her son, and she – um, was obsessed with this psychiatrist. She ended up moving in with this, her psychiatrist mm. and he just like fed her so many pills and she was just such a wreck. Um, oh, wow. And then he was like, you know, the result of her just 
cliche. It sounds like stuff that your mom was doing. Yeah. And it's, I feel like people who didn't grow up with it sometimes. Yeah. Like that's their only frame of reference. And every once in a while when I describe my mom, people are like, no, like I tweeted that, um, I hope Alice and Janney wins the Oscar for playing my mom and I, Tanya. And people were like, and I was like, I, my mom might've been worse, but, um, is that kind of what your mom was? Yes. Is, was, cause yes. when you say hard 60, that's, that is what I picture. Yes. Like that character. She's like, um, for the last, I can't even remember how many years people have like on multiple occasions, people have seen her and been like, Oh, is that your grandma? Like just right, like right. real rough around the edges. And I always have to remind myself. I'm like, well, she also like did herself. She sort of ran herself into the ground. Cause I get that living in LA panic of like, am I just going to hit the wall and look like my mom? Cause she's <laughs> looked old for as long as I can remember. But yeah, no, just very like, you know, put away wet or whatever that phrase is. I don't know. Road hard. I don't even know. What yeah. That means. Yeah. Um, I don't either, but I know you're going for ish. Yeah, but I, it's like the older I've gotten, the more I've started having my own things. Is I think it's made me a little more empathetic. Yeah, because I, I guess that sort of circles back to when we were talking about like understanding how people could turn to like drugs and alcohol. And I, I, I like still was using like food and sex and didn't realize those were addictions for a while. But um, yeah, I remember in 2012 when I got really low, it finally occurred to me like. Oh, like I grabbed a six pack of beer and I was about to buy it at a gas station and literally only to be like, well, if I get drunk enough, the whatever's going on in my brain will turn off. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I was like, it was a like a, a manic depression. If that, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's like a spirally. It wasn't the, what I pictured depression as, which depression was like a lethargic. Speed, kind of. Yeah, it was just like, the depressive thoughts were like in this crazy spiral and I had a ton of energy. It was like an energetic depression. And I was like, I, got, I can't turn my brain off. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until then I was like, oh, now I understand why people do this. I'm like, right. oh, oh, they're like trying to shut off this pain. And it's like, how do you find the coping skills yeah. to avoid doing that? It's like now you just, if you decide to like, I'm not going to drink anymore. Like I, I started eating healthy. I, I've been celibate. And it's like, oh, now what's the next step? Like, do you just become you gotta happy? You got to bear down? Like, right. And I, I mean... <sighs> It's everything is just like a constant. I was saying this before too. It's like maintenance. It's like you can't just like eat healthy for a little bit and like it it just everything you have to do constantly. Yes. Which is exhausting. It's exhausting because it's like a whole separate job and it's like, oh, I mean like working out on your physical health. It's mental health is just as important. You have to like upkeep it. Yeah. But it's like, oh, now another task to the pile. I already feel overwhelmed. I know. I know. But that's why some days like when you when I see myself with like peeling nail polish, I'm like, but this is part of the process of dealing with everything else that I'm dealing with. Yes. Like I can't focus on the on the shitty nail polish job I have. I have to focus on the eating healthy today and like getting the right amount of sleep and like all those other things that Yeah. And I don't you know if anyone on. is actually balanced or if we're all just like trying to Everyone's keep it gotta up. be lying i mean i can't actually be you see those people on the internet with like their perfect social media which like everyone's lying on social media yeah i've met a couple like namaste yoga e like influencers that have a, a ton of instagram followers and it's all like you know pretty colors course, and white yeah. light and, and they're they're very fun people but i'm like oh you are just you're so fucked up yeah <laughs> like it's all a lie and we're all just like clinging to a string and well, like ah. there's this one yoga chick that i want to write to so bad and i have to rest- every day essentially is a success when i don't write to her because yeah. i demonstrated self-control and restraint because she posts like the she all she does is go to like yoga travel retreats and like teach them so oh. she's in like bali and then spain and then like 
New York City and lives in LA on, in Venice and like I want to say to her, do you know you're actually making things worse for people yeah, by like, putting up this level of standard for your like life? life? Yeah, it's like, we can't all go to Bali. No. And like, you're like, namaste, everybody live great. And it's like, well, fuck you. Your posts are making people not namaste. Yeah, you're like, this is, you're just you parading you're your privilege. Good. Right, exactly. And it's so sickening to me. And like, again, like I said, every day is a success because I don't say something you don't like scream at her. Well, yeah. But I, one day, it's going to just... Mean, I was hanging out with a group of girls and there was someone like that as well who's got the very like, you know, picture perfect, whatever. And I made some joke about my depression. And she's like, don't talk about that. You need to be love and light. And I was like, Ew. no. And it's like, fuck people her. who don't, who want you to like, oh, your solution is to ignore the darkness. I've started, I mean, I'm very weird about the amount of unhealthy time I spend exploring my emotions probably, but. But I, I mean, like I'll, I hate that too. Like the, like positive vibes only. It's like, well, obviously, like what other vibes are we looking for? Yeah, you're like, it's not, I'm not, I'm not looking for negative vibes. I just don't need to state positive vibes only because that should be a given. Yeah. Like, and the same with like coexist bumper stickers. It's like, yeah, like, of course, of course. That's why we're like all functioning on the road right now as human beings. Like, I don't, I hate when people say things that are like implied in just everyday life and then act like heroes for saying it. Yeah, and it's like, also like, what are you covering up? Like when I see something. like men in a feminist shirt, I'm like, okay, you probably raped somebody. Totally. <laughs> like, why are you so loud about this? Yes, obviously. Like what, what, when someone's just like, all oh, positivity and love and light, I'm like, oh, you're hard, you're mm. high, you're, you guys There's deep in you. And I would just so rather, up underneath of that. I would rather be able to be like, yeah, sometimes I'm fucked up. Yeah. There's so much, uh, there's so much just, I don't know, like, realness and honesty is going to get you so much further than lying about well, namaste or yes whatever. and i think being open to going yeah you know what like i think i have a problem being uh overly emotional toward people or like i i ask too much of someone or just sometimes i get really depressed being able to acknowledge that i think has helped me grow through it and like get well you seem obviously I don't know you and I'm just, this is brushing the surface, which is actually frustrating because there's so much to talk to you about. And I wish that we, cause I want to talk We can about, do another episode sometime or we can, yeah, I mean, you come on mine. We'll continue it. You're a wealth of fucked up. I'm just uh, I mean, it is an endless well of <laughs> what the fuck is going but on. But I did really want to talk about codependency, which we're not going to do, but, Shit. um, which is fine. Cause what you were talking about is so fascinating, but, uh, uh, I don't even know what my point was going to be before I went on that. Uh, acknowledging working on yourself I think oh yeah about, like, because you seem thank you you seem like someone who in the circumstances is tremendously ahead of where they should where be. I could be. yeah well yeah. it's I and I I've started to appreciate that more like I think I took that for granted because I was just consumed by my emotions but I look at like my older brother is not doing well like he almost died overdosing on drugs oh, last wow. year and he's like living at my aunt's house now trying to just literally get back on his feet like yeah. he's like can barely walk and like nearly died and all his wow. friends are dead from like drugs and drug deals and and all of my siblings because my mom remarried and she had two younger ones and like they're doing okay but like they've definitely they go through some dark shit and like drugs and like not having a sense of direction my younger brother's doing really well now but like do they look to you no they don't i don't think so um, I mean, I know that like my youngest brother is really proud of me. I have, uh, a, a, like a brother who's four years younger than me and then one who's a year younger than me and who I don't very, like, I don't even talk to him very much. I try to reach out and he doesn't even answer. I like worry about him chronically because yeah. I know he's struggled with some drug stuff and whatever. And that was the same thing with my older brother for 10 years. We barely talked. And now that he's sober, he's like reaching out all the time. And there is sort of this weird, like 
yeah, I'm like really busy and you haven't been here for 10 years. I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I want to be here for you, but I don't know what to say other than like, I hope you stay sober. Yeah. But yeah, it does make me go like, oh, I'm the anomaly here. I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm not, which is, I mean, in a fucked up way, it's like, boy, it's like, I look like I'm really got it together and I'm a comedian. <laughs> like, right. So it's like, That's the bar the was so low. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I just think, I don't know. I've, I've made an active effort to try to do a lot of self-examining and yeah. like work on myself. I mean, if I, if I, cause what I came from was just like fam- together family. I just was picked on a little bit in high school, Yeah, but, and I'm fucked up. So I can't yeah. imagine where I would be now if I had your circumstances. And what I'm saying is like, you're very mentally strong and yeah. so stronger than me. Oh, <laughs> so which it's hard. Yeah. It's like, I take, I think I take my resilience for granted yeah. because I have moments where I do get weak and then I go like, I'm worthless. And it's like, no, like life is hard but I've like you know making it this far and like I mean just sometimes it's like I wish I could just tell my like hug my friends and be like you made it another day that's fucking incredible it, I mean that is because it's like some people just one foot in front of the other sometimes is like that's the best you can do and like just keep doing it but um I don't know well you have to be somewhere by one and so I don't want to oh make shit you yeah, yeah it's twelve ten. Oh whoops um, I mean so what time do you have well I, like, I'm okay like, it's, it's three like, more minutes yeah we can keep okay. going yeah um so I was thinking while we were just talking, I should just not do this today, but uh, for time wise, but I do segments on the show. Okay, we can so do it. It's not a hard we'll one just anymore. Do one. So we'll just do one, just yeah, yeah. because I know we're in a time crunch. Um, so uh, now I'm like, ah, which one do I pick? Obviously, I want to talk about Anthony Bourdain, but that's not really segmenty. Um, we can still do it, whatever. But yeah, this will be just uh, just one segment this week. My my apologies, guys. Um, so f that shit, Anthony Bourdain suicide. And uh, it's almost weird talking about it now because it's been talked about so much within the past week. Yes. He, so my show came out last week, um, Thursday, and then the news broke like late Thursday night. Yeah. That, or an early Friday morning. God. But, so it's been a week now that I almost feel like it's not too late to talk about him, but it just feels like everything's been said. Has everything been said? Yeah. But okay. I didn't know because he seemed to me like a guy that could be depressed, but also so strong and cool that and also it just wouldn't affect him that much. so open to because the, like when you watch the shows you watch his stuff it's like it seems like he's his mind is open you know what i mean in yeah. a way that like he would be open to go okay let me what's going on here let me explore out. this because it seemed like he was so open to like learning or just i i literally i talked about anthony Bourdain to my therapist uh I'm yesterday sure so many people have yeah well because it's just like I mean, the things I've said, I, I said to her, I was like, these are things that, like I want to talk about, but I don't know because it's such a sensitive topic. What can you really say? Because when you see people like Anthony Bourdain or, you know, like, uh, like Robin Williams, these people who are incredible personalities and they seem so strong and also so brilliant. And it's like, if they can't find a will they to can't live, find a will how to can live, I? How can I? And then there's also this, what I'm about to say is like very fucked up, but when I it, but it's just because I spend so much time thinking about you know anytime like a celebrity dies or like I have suicidal ideation and I just like I'm never I'm no longer thinking about uh, well uh, I just explore I try I think about the human condition and like what leads to that and there are moments where when that happens I go like is this intellectual evolution is that it's like that we go oh my god he couldn't find the will to live but then there's a part of me that like you hear about uh like assisted suicide for terminal illness. And it's like, well, where's the line on? I was, I thought about choice that for that. Cause it's like, maybe, I mean, this is so fucked up, but, but, and of course I, I don't think this is a truth, but it's like philosophically, I go, maybe there are people who are like, 
Nah, I'm done. Yeah, no, I know. I was thinking, the but exact like, it's thing. so hard to say because people are gonna be like, "Don't I know. say that me, crisis I know. hotline." It's like, yeah, no, like, definitely reach out. It's because, but yeah. I, I know exactly what you're saying because I saw this um, thing a couple months ago. There was a dude who was like 109 or something Australian. He was like, "I'm done." He was so healthy and like he could still keep living. There was nothing wrong with him. He's but like, he flew I'm, to I'm Switzerland. Switzerland. I saw this. Right. That's what made me start thinking about it. Yeah, and that's what made me think about it because. So everyone in that scenario was like, yes, you can kill yourself. And it's like, what's the so, age? Why is it okay right, for him? So it's almost like we have the societal line that we draw of like, if you're, if you're 95 and older or 90 and older, yeah, we allow ourselves, we will give you permission to kill yourself. It's like if you're going to be, he's Anthony's in the same position as the 109 man is. Maybe it's just like, we don't perceive it the same way. Yeah. And it's like also at what point, cause a lot when people go like, Suicide is selfish, which I haven't heard from someone in a long time. All I've seen is people on Twitter going, when people say suicide is selfish. So I don't even know <laughs> how many people, I know people are saying it, but it's like, well, you're selfish. You don't know what that person's going through. Like, I mean, that's not, but it's just like to make that blanket statement. It's like, well, did you talk to them? Did you, I don't know. It's just a weird, it is so weird. It's like until you're in someone else's shoes or something, it's really impossible to say, but it's like one of those things where, we place value it's almost like an ego thing obviously no one wants anyone to kill themselves of course but like it's also an ego thing where it's like we wanted you to stay alive anthony for what you were giving us Us, yeah no it's like it's a weird selfish you're obsessed yeah it's like you're selfish because you're mad now you don't get your tv shows (laughs) like right and i mean for me like what i felt i I, that really it did hit me hard the day that i'm sure he to me seemed very much like stevie he was like a badass such a badass and selfishly and this is where i do like the selfish thing about society saying but i wanted him around to me selfishly i want more people like him in the world because it makes me feel more comfortable in this world yeah because you identify with him and you go like oh you're here like yeah having people like that who are just like these like brilliant badass people and they're like willing to put themselves out there it's like oh i'm not crazy like there's people like me right and like the thing that made me really feel that way was i saw someone had tweeted a run-in that they had with Anthony Bourdain, not a run-in, but like a, a an encounter where they were in line and he said, uh, rather than like, you know, being formal or something, he didn't know this person. He just said something like, hey kid, you hungry? And like such this just like human, human way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm like, uh. And there's not enough of that. And so that, when I read that, obviously I felt bad, but then when I read that, I felt doubly worse because I was like, fuck, we're because losing people like that. Yeah. And it's like, we need more people who are, who are, who put themselves out there to connect with others. Cause I think that's like, I don't want to sound bleak as fuck, but I'm like, people like that are our only hope. They like, are. We're getting more and more isolated. People are drawing more lines and we need people who are willing to just like extend their hand and be like, Hey, hi, what's going on? And I'm here for you real. and yeah. be willing to like hear someone else's side and like learn from them. And yeah, it's like, he just, it's just like, you know, so awful to think someone like him, but then, it's awful to think anyone, anyone, of course. But I was curious about his like mental health because there hasn't been like much said about his background with me- depression. Yeah, nobody's because well, like when when Kate Spade, uh, people immediately came out, you know, and we're right. like she struggled with bipolar, and so now you're like, well, I want to know what's going on. The only thing I could really find was like Rose McGowan had said he asked for help from a doctor close to before his passing, and he didn't take the help. Oh. for depression so it's like he needed the, oh that so there was like a an outreach or like a cry for help Yikes. which then makes me feel sad because if he did reach out 
to someone, it was like the will was there, and then he and then just he just was like couldn't hold do on the follow it. through. That is, I mean, I'm just definitely doing the like thing where I'm like, oh my god, that's like me. <laughs> but I'm like, boy, do I identify with like taking this step to go like, I think I need some help. And then someone's like, why don't you try this? And I'm like, mm-hmm. nope, no. yeah. I'm not gonna, I don't want to do what works. Look at the amount of people that are like, why don't you just get on antidepressants? And I'm like, I just, I don't know if that's for me. Yeah. I got messed up with those two though, because like my mom was always on them and she would just go cold turkey off of SSRIs. Oh, geez. And that's when she'd have her like, pew, like suicidal crazy. Yeah. So I get, I get a. So you've never been on an antidepressant? I was in high school. Oh, right. You said that. Sorry. And then briefly, uh, towards the end of my career in as a nonprofit uh publicist ah. um but i went to the doctor to get back on adhd medication because i couldn't focus and i was like i'm not productive at work and the doctor was like just insisted that the root of it was depression yeah this doctor who by the way it's like that can totally be a thing i talked to this woman for five minutes and her office was covered in owl statues and i was like i'm sorry are you diagnosing my <laughs> mental health i love owls but you're, you're hoarding statues in your office and you're gonna say i'm depressed but you're like who yeah That's really bad puns i love it <laughs> thank you yeah so i i went on um i think she gave me prozac for a little while but i was just sweaty and then i at the time i realized i'm addicted to feeling like I've I've gotten better about it, and like I did this ten day meditation that really made me able to separate from my, my my emotions a lot better, and kind of just like acknowledge, okay, they're here. I feel anxious, but like it's gonna pass. Yeah, learning that everything passes has been so helpful to me. But like I think at that time she's like, go on these antidepressants. I was like, I don't want to lose the emotion because to me for antidepressants, I was like, they just make me flat. Yeah. they don't make me happy. Right. Just make me feel less. And, I, and I'm like, but I want the highs. <laughs> like, yeah. No, oh. I know. I mean, it makes sense. I, when I went, it, oddly, when I went off my antidepressant, I couldn't cry, which was really weird. So I had the oh, opposite. Interesting. Effect. Yeah. And I love crying and I love. Well, yeah. No, it's like I wallow in my, I totally. realized for like, I and mean, it was sort of a, like a slap in the face, like, oh shit, this is a thing that I probably got to work on. But realizing that I attach so much of my identity to my sadness Yes. Like, and it, when you do that, it's like you're never going to get rid of this. No, because you, you, you're like, I'm a depressed person. It's like, no, you have you have depression. You're struggling with depression. You don't have to like that isn't all of who you are. Yeah. And then I mean, it's to the point that like anytime I felt good, it's like this must be some sort of manic episode. Like, no, maybe you're just happy. Right. <laughs> do you always do you if you feel happy, then do you go either, either it's manic or clearly something's wrong because I shouldn't be happy like not in a manic way but like I've said this on I but things are so sad it's like how could I possibly be happy yeah but I also I said this on the show and I hate repeating myself so I feel awkward saying this but uh when I feel happy then I think my standards lowered and now I'm doing something wrong You're like oh am I settling right I'm settling obviously I'm a loser if I'm feeling happy yeah it's like oh I just don't have as high goals as what was yeah where you go like why am I right like I I need to reassess because clearly I'm letting go of the it's almost like I'm um on like a not like a no the tightrope is like being pulled on both ends and so that's why i'm able to walk and if yeah. i let go of one of the ends of it being taut then i'll yeah, fall yeah i'll fall and so that like that's just how it feels for happiness it's like as long as that rope is being pulled tight i'm on my way and able to walk toward happiness but the minute it lets go i just go whoo and i fall, fall to like i don't this doesn't even make sense i sound high <laughs> and i know what i'm trying to say but it's really not coming out right i feel like i get you it's just it's like the standard of keeping a standard high is keeping me waking up in the morning and keeping me moving forward. And well, if yeah. I let go of that standard, then all of a sudden 
I'm not moving forward or something. Yes. Well, no, it's also just like, especially when you're chronically depressed and happiness seems so far away, then when you have it, you're like, wait, that shouldn't be here yet. It's so far away. Right. I was in the car leaving from New York to get to California an hour ago and all of a sudden I'm in California. That's not right. Yeah. It's like this doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't add up. Yeah. But um, I've gotten a lot better at uh, instead of going, what's wrong? Just going like, okay, I feel happy. And um, in the last few months, I've gotten um, okay with calm, which was a huge. Where where, I haven't gotten there. Well, I've gone through a thing and I still have it now, like moments of it where, because I attach so much of, I don't know if it's my identity, but like I thrive on emotion. So it's like this anxiety, this, that, whatever the extreme emotion is. And so when I started meditating, I'm saying meditating as if I do it every day. I, it has, I don't know what it has to do with, but I have moments now where I'm just being, like there isn't this strong sadness, there's not anxiety, there is also is an overwhelming happiness. How do you hit that? How do you find it? I I don't know. It I just think, happens? I think the meditation helped. And I think I organically got there because it's just like being in tune with my body and um, acknowledging also being able to get to a point where I can feel a feeling and go like, okay, I'm, f- I'm feeling this. It's a lot, but like, I'll get through it. It's not going to be there forever. Knowing it's not going to be there forever, which that it will pass. Stuff. Yeah. And it was just like something clicked in my brain. It's one of those things where I think you just have to hit that point. Cause so many people said this to me before and I was like, you don't even fucking make sense. Are you just observing an emotion that you're insane? No, it's consuming me. I'm dying. But <laughs> there were times for a while when it first started happening where I'd be calm, where it almost was like, like I thought something was wrong because I didn't have a strong emotion. I was just like, like I wanted to be like, hello, <laughs> am I dead? Because it's, I, I, yeah, I it's attach like living. A, you're going up to a stranger and you push them and they don't push back. You're like, hello, yeah, let's push you. And like, if, feel, like so much of feeling is attached to being alive for me. Like I, I am my feeling. So then not having a feeling is like, when I'm just here. I've had people are like argue that your feelings are not you. Yeah. And your thoughts are not you. But then you're like, but then who am I? It's so true though. But then you just go like there. I, I feel like it's so corny. Like there is no, there is no who am I? You just are right. like, but we're, we're searching for a who. And it's like, we're searching for a thing that like we're trying to create by being like, I'm the nerdy girl who gets sad sometimes. And it's like, no, you just, you just exist. Right. But, but it's a you, scary feeling just existing. Yeah. Because then it's like, what are we doing? What? It's all ego. It's all of our, we need to so, feel. I think shrooms probably help me a lot. <laughs> Shrink? Shrooms. Oh, Mushrooms. shrooms. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think like doing a couple like well, big shroom trips and like shedding a lot of my ego. Micro dosing is like becoming a thing where people are doing like small amounts of shrooms and getting really good results. Yeah. For antidepressant benefits. Yeah. I, I, they, they've done research too about like it helping with PTSD as well. Yeah. But I can imagine because I've on a, occasion taking a tiny bit of shrooms and it's just like the colors are brighter and I'm happy but then it's also like when it wears off do you feel that way I don't have I don't have huge come downs but I do you have a different perspective well they seem like because I I mostly do like big like huge trips and then um so I'll have like a hangover the next day and then I have um I think I have a different perspective but I stay pretty positive like it has lasting effects of positivity or, or like at least calmness. Yeah. Have you ever thought about, and then I'm going to let you go. Cause I really know I don't want to, yeah, yeah. you're it's literally totally fine. Okay. Um, have you ever thought of doing or done ayahuasca? I want to do it. I haven't done it, but I've talked to like, uh, my friend Mike Kaplan is just real big into it. And it does just, he go to the desert and do it like that? Yeah. Like, he does the whole, my, I don't know that much about it, but every time someone says something about it, I just, I, 
I, I hate groups of people. I hate group That's activities. The thing is, like, I don't know if I'd want to do it. It sounds so group. Like, can I just do it with a, like one friend? But it seems like you have to do it in a circle, and everyone pukes and poops at the same time. Yeah, like shits their pants, and it's like I don't need to <laughs> be that vulnerable in a group of strangers who, frankly, are probably personalities I wouldn't want to hang out with. Exactly. If they're going to Coachella Valley, to I just I don't like them. Yeah, which is so funny because it's like I'm also here. Maybe they're just like me, and they're like, oh, here we go. Right. <laughs> right. But. But I mean, if I hate strangers, imagine pooping next to strangers, and I really will hate strangers. You know, like, like I don't even like sitting near you. Right. Well, and even just with shrooms, which is much less severe from everything I've heard, obviously, um, I don't want to be around anyone. I want to be like, I need open space. I want to just connect to the stars in the sky. Like, leave me alone. Maybe one friend. Yeah. Yeah. It seems overwhelming to totally. like have that much openness and have a human, other humans there. Yeah. You're like, oh, you're getting in the way of me realizing all my truths right i don't know if it's like i hate like i just have such negative perceptions of people that i'll I'll think they're not being genuine and this isn't real for them this is an image they can post on instagram yeah and then doubt them and then get angry so this i'm just gonna we'll end on this um there's a a little new segment thing that i'm doing called um 50 shades of gray but gray isn't sad not sexy oh yeah well (laughs) Sometimes there, uh, it can be both. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's totally like one and the same. My sex life is also gray. <laughs> okay, well then on the scale of this that I have posted on Instagram that you guys can check out if you want to participate as well, where are you emotionally? So white is you're doing totally great. Black is you're feeling super sad. So add up your number and tell me what. Like do the this and then add there. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I would say, I'm like, I want to disregard the caffeine high I'm on, but I guess I can't. <laughs> I mean, I would say I'm probably at a 67. Whoa, you're pretty dark. Yeah, you know what? That's not good. Um, It's not not a thing I'm concerned about. Yeah. It's that I am currently doing a project I care a lot about, but I'm very overwhelmed by it. Yeah. And because I care about it, and it's like a ton of work, I'm just going through this cycle of like... I fucking, I hate everything. And like, I just wanted to, maybe 67 is too dark. <laughs> I mean, but if that's real, that's. Yeah. And it's number. like, uh, well, I also think it's weird to say that when I'm sitting here pretty chipper, but. Well, that's what's weird is that I think people can take that as a lesson. Like when you're out in public, people may just look like they're at a, at a 20, which is reasonable. Like you've got some emotion, you know, there's a little gray in there, but you're out in the day and you're functioning. Yeah. But someone could actually be feeling a 67 or a 90. Yeah. I want to say, I think there's a lot to be said about, it. yeah, someone's threshold for Right. And I sadness. think you have a high threshold. Yeah. Where it's like. 67 to you is like. That doesn't bother Kids me. play. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess it's also <laughs> like, uh, if I were to compare to the same thing, I have, uh, I have an autoimmune disease. Uh, I have rheumatoid arthritis. Oh, shit. And so I think for like, a physical pain scale, a lot of times the doctors go like on a one to 10. And I think what most people who are healthy would consider a 10, I'm like, is a four. Right. Cause right. you just get used to the pain. Right. Um, Shit. How long have you had that? Um, I got diagnosed in 2013, but, uh, I think I probably had it for a while. Is anything helping? Um, right now I'm taking a, a medicine called Plaquenil, um, but they lowered my dose because my numbers look really good. Um, I think it literally pains me to say this. I've been eating vegan and mm. I think it's helping. Oh. I started doing it to try to like see if it would help the pain. I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm glad I'm helping animals, but like 
I fucking love cheese. I miss meat. Well, I brought a whole brick of cheese in my car that I'm so depressed. Uh, I, I tried be to like melted. keep my I like keep my eyes from lighting up. I was like, cheese. <laughs> and I've how I, long have you been? Um I've gone off the wagon a couple times. I went home last week and like I started back in like February, March. And um when did you start feeling a difference? Probably within within like a couple weeks, wow. I think. Yeah, like within two or three weeks. And it was like a disgruntled, like, oh, fuck. Because mm-hmm. like you, d- you wanted to disprove it. Yeah, I wanted to be like, I don't feel any better. So I made my, I made the effort. And then, and now it's, I, I like hate being this person because it's the person I've made fun of my whole life. But it's like, if I eat a, I'll, if I eat a little bit of meat or cheese, I'm like immediately feel it in my body. Wow. And I've cut out gluten. Um, it's, um, I feel better. And I, I, but I also have, I'm a high energy person and I forget that because I've been so lethargic from like from just the illness and getting healthier and getting my energy back has been like, I have an alarming amount of energy sometimes where I'm like, I don't know what to do with wow, this. Wow. Truly. I don't know where it comes from. And I forgot I was like this till I started eating healthy. And I was like, cause I mean, in high school I was like every sports team, I was in all these clubs. I was everywhere. I'm like, what happened to that girl? And I'm like, Oh, this is, it's just hard to find the balance to like get the energy out appropriately. So I'm not like, <laughs> I, I worry about it like turning into anger I'll get like really annoyed with people and I'm like oh this is just because I'm this is all in me this yeah. person's done I'm, but you know I'm in traffic like ah! <laughs> I'm gonna rip everyone's head off <sighs> uh, I need some of it because I'm really thinking on my way back I'm really feeling so sleepy oh no but I wish I could bottle it I know you should in like little branded yeah. JMS energy just my energy mm-hmm. oh god help me if i'm ever have enough of a fan base that i could just sell them bullshit energy oh my god i farted in these bottles <laughs> and for 40 dollars, it's like a tiny little jar <laughs> you could sell for more than that probably yeah, i'd buy it for 70 oh my god <laughs> ah, today today a friend on facebook guy from my hometown he wrote like i need something more than coffee but less than coke and i was like i'll punch you in the face yeah like, how would that? i coke. feel like something i need something like that just someone to just like and yeah. then I'll snap just out of jolt, whatever you know. lethargy or whatever that I'm in. Yeah, sometimes I do feel like I need just to, or I understand the like, I think I need the opposite for calming down sometimes. But I need someone to be like, relax. <laughs> <sighs> and it's weird too, because because it's such an abundant amount of energy and a lot of my friends, I mean, I've hanging with comics and there's a lot of lethargic, like very like chill, depressive types. And like, um, I think sometimes I'm confusing for them or pe- or people will be like, you share every thought in your head. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. This is not even a quarter of my thoughts. I just, I talk so much because there's so much going on. I feel like I have to filter it out of my mouth to like try to make myself sane. Well, that's good because then you'll never run out of ideas. You'll never run out of jokes. You'll never run out of, like for me, the idea of doing anything is so exhausting and I feel like I've got nothing inside. And uh, so that's like the battle is trying to keep creating. Yeah, because I'm like, no, I just, I was saying this recently. I was like, no, I just wrote the best thing that I could write. It was like the second draft of yeah. something small, but it was like, that took me a long time and that's literally all I have in my brain. Yeah, there like, is nothing more. And they're I like, no, there's my more. There, there, there's more. I'm like, there's not though. Like, I'm really shallow and this is it. Like I say, like <laughs> I jokingly say like, I'm not an open book. I'm like an open pamphlet. Like, that's there's amazing. Just not, like, there's just is, not a lot to read. It. You, you would see it all, but that's just all there is. That's it. Yeah, I feel like I'm a novel that nobody is. They're like, this is too much. Like, just one of those, like, (laughs) and I'm like, there's even more. This is just the first volume. And they're like, oh, Christ. Yeah. You're your own Harry Potter. Yeah. Um, 
And I don't really know what that means because I've never seen it. I just but much less magical. Volumes. It's just like instead of wands, it's just me being like, help me. <laughs> well, this has been super fun. Thank you for doing it. Thanks and, for having me. I really am probably going to harass you to come back to do a codependency thing. I would love that. Because I was saying when I got here, oh no, I, I've i never talked about codependency before. And I think I'm coming to some realizations about my own issues with not just codependency, but dependent personality disorder. Oh, ooh. which is like a whole thing. You want to come on my podcast? Oh my God, I would love to. Um, <laughs> okay, well, uh, where can people find you and stuff? Um, I'm all I'm all over the inner interwebs. What a dorky phrase. Um, <laughs> at JMS Comedy, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, my schedule's at jmscomedy.com. I have a podcast called Ignorances, hashtag blessed. And, um, and if anyone's in Scotland, I'll be at Edinburgh Fringe doing my show called Codependent and Arising. Oh, wow. So come Perfect. see that. It's all about the 10-day silent meditation I did and like losing my mind while trying to See, the fact grounded. that you can make that entertaining says so much, that you can make a 10-day meditation story entertaining. Because yeah. I, I hear that and I'm like, oh my God, sleep. What a nightmare. Yeah. And it's like an hour-long show, but I'm like cramming the 10-day meditation. It's some. It's like it's awesome. It's unlike my stand-up. It's unlike anything I've ever done. So I'm excited about it, but also because it's so personal, I'm like, boy, I hope this does well because it's going to really hurt if people are like, not into it. Because it's one of those that's kind of out there and you're like, are people going to misunderstand me? No, they'll like it. But it's You're yeah. charismatic. They'll, they'll have no choice but to like it. You, I'll lock them in and be like, tell me it was good. <laughs> yeah, so there's uh, that. Well, listen to Jessica's... Uh, do you go by Jessica Michelle or Jessica? Yeah, it's like a white trash first name. Honestly, I go yeah. by anything. Someone who's an agent told me, this is so weird, but... Um, they're like, you know, like people in the industry just refer to you as JMS. And I was like, what? Well, it was weird because that came to my head just now. Which I'm I don't... fine with. But I, but so I was like, should, do I just need to run with this? I know. But then it's kind of, you get the, into like cheese territory. Like, is it like of... douchey being like, JMS. yeah, I'm JMS. And I don't yeah, want, I'm no. not like a jock on a football team. Like, no. If but... you get to the point where you're famous enough to sell the farts in the bottle, then go with JMS. Yeah, that's the brand for the fart bottle. Yeah. But that's just the brand. That's not me. Yeah. <laughs> Ign- ignorance is hashtag blessed. And uh, if you guys want to um, uh, support the show on Patreon, please do that. Go to patreon.com slash mentally chill. And remember to leave a review if you like the show on iTunes and subscribe. And that's all. So remember, stay sad enough to listen, but not too sad. Bye. Oh, my God. I love that. (laughs) 